From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast is brought to you by M-Drive. Honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. The 2019-2020 WCHL champions look to make it three in a row. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. For lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. Welcome into the Great West College Hockey Podcast. The new name is now starting to fit real well. Scott Strandy with you in Denver, Colorado tonight, where we just finished up with about a dozen inches of snow. And uh, now we have cold. So uh, experiencing that, my co-host is always Stephen Marsh on a beautiful Long, not on beautiful Long Island, New York, in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight? Where we did not get 12 inches of snow, but we had a lot of winds today, and the temperature is just barely around 50 degrees. So, oh wow, I know <laughs> we're really suffering here. Perfect hockey weather is the NHL All Star festivities are are getting ready to get underway here this weekend. But uh, well, here's the, here's the beauty of Colorado. Uh, it's going to be 50 on Monday. <laughs> right now it's and, one below in beautiful Castle Pines, Colorado. And that'll feel uh, like a that'll feel like a warm spell. I was wearing like a heavy jacket all day long because it was around fifty degrees. But you're gonna be out there in your summer skate sandals and, and shorts and, and and tank and uh and short sleeve shirt and when it's fifty degrees uh, on Monday. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> uh but anyway, Steven, I got to see professional hockey last night. I got to see the uh, Avalanche take on the coyotes. The, uh, the streak-brusting Coyotes, as it may be, the Avalanche, came in looking for win number 19 in a row at home and uh, were upset by the uh, Arizona Coyotes in a shootout. I mean, so many times I thought, that there's no way that's going to happen. There's no way that's going to happen. And it all happened. Alex Kenya no- got the only goal. Scott Wedgwood was the goaltender of record for, uh, for uh, Arizona. And who would have guessed it? Well, the sports books didn't guess it. I think they were like a plus four hundred and something underdogs. Four fifty, and I almost bet it. If that means if you would have bet just ten bucks, you would have won like four hundred and fifty bucks, I think, or something like that. Maybe not. Is that how it works? I think so. <laughs> it not. was a lot of money because I was toying. I was toying with twenty five, and I was going yeah. like even seven minutes before game time. I'm going like, should I put twenty five on this just to see? And uh, 
I didn't. But, but the Coyotes are <laughs> the Coyotes are making their push for the playoffs right now. They just they started yesterday against Colorado. Goodness gracious! Can you imagine they make the playoffs and they play in the Arizona State Arena? Oh hush! I'm not even talking about that. I'm not going down that road. I promise. We got a great guest coming on tonight in about oh I don't know ten minutes or so. We're gonna have the head coach from. I believe we can say it now. I think we can call them the WCHL champions because, goodness gracious, Central Oklahoma, 26-4-0. How can you be number seven in the country at 26-4-0? Okay, don't get me started. Do not get me started with the rankings. I promise. Do not get me started, okay? I, I was wondering if the rankings weren't even going to come out today because they, they probably are tired of us complaining and you complain like, we better not put this out on Wednesday, so they can't talk about it on the on the Great Great West College Hockey Podcast on Wednesday. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. But, but they finally fact, did come. But they finally did come out uh, just a little while ago. So. Yeah. So so let me give you the rankings. We'll do it. I'll do the top ten. You do the next uh, fifteen. How's that sound? Um, Lindenwood, number one still, 13-0-0. They finally played a couple more games. I talked to Rick Zombel this morning. He was excited that they were actually able to play. Um, Minot State, 19-2-0, holds down the second spot. Liberty, 16-6-0, holds down the third spot, even though they split with uh, UNLV last weekend. UNLV at 21-4-0 will hold down the number four spot. Iowa State, 24-2, number five. And the aforementioned Central Oklahoma Broncos, 26-4-0. The only team with uh, 26 wins. Uh, the only team, I think, with more than 21 wins. So um, their head coach will be with us just a minute. Uh, they hold down the number six spot. Uh, Stony Brook, 17-5-2, will hold down the number seven spot. Adrian, the Bulldogs, at 18-4-0. And Missouri State. Number nine at 17, 8, and 1. And Illinois rounds out the top 10 at 16, 12, and 1. And I will let you take 11 through 25 for us. Number 11, Maryville, 15, 5, and 1. Uh, Jamestown at number 12 at 9, 9, and 4. They're almost at double digit wins, but they're not quite there yet. <laughs> Don't get me started. You know it. Stay, stay, stay the battle of your box there, Scott. Don't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got one glove off. <laughs> uh, we don't want to happen. Never mind. I was going to go somewhere. I don't, I don't want to go. Anyways, Pittsburgh, uh, number 13, uh, 19, 3 and 1. Uh, number 14, Indiana Tech, 22, 3 and 1. Uh, they dropped four spots. They were 10, but now are number 14. Uh, Ohio still at number 15 at 14, 11 and 3. Arizona still at uh, 16 at 14, 9 and 1. After they uh, clinched the Cactus Cup uh, with the wins over Arizona State, uh, Michigan Dearborn uh, sixteen eight and two. Uh, number eight, seven uh, number eighteen is Niagara twenty one four and one. Uh, Utah at eight seven and three, so they've dropped a spot in there. Uh, Aquinas at uh, number twenty at fourteen six and one. Uh, Davenport uh, fifteen seven and zero. Uh, Rhode Island at number twenty two fifteen nine and one. Midland eleven eleven and two at number twenty three. Arizona State's um, and they've been doing better late. They're still hanging on at the top 25 at 8, 13, and 0. And how about this? Grand Canyon moves from 28 to being in the uh, top 25, hanging on at number 25 at 7, 10, and 4. So if I'm counting right, I count 7 out of 10 WCHL teams in the top 25 in the country. I'm okay with that ranking. I'm okay with that. Even though Arizona State and Grand Canyon don't have double-digit wins? <laughs> 
Well, they're not. I they're said, not in the tor- They're not in the tournament field picture right now, but they're in the top twenty-five. So I said top t- twenty-five. I'm okay with, but you cannot be a top ten team. And then Jamestown bumped out, so they're number twelve. So um, you can't be a top ten team if you haven't got at least double-digit wins. That's just it, it. Just has to be that way. Anyway, uh, so that's the rankings for tonight. It is also a very special night tonight because what day is today, Stephen? Well, it's uh, it's International Women in Sports Day. Yes, I wish we would have had uh, the opportunity to have uh, a little more discussion on that, but um, it, it kind of snuck up on us. But I do want to uh, appreciate all the women that play sports and work in sports. It's uh, becoming a very popular um, growth, as it should be in the uh, in the hockey world, the sports world, you name it. Um, it Equality is equality is the way I see it. And if you're, you're best for the job, then it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, take the job. Yeah, no question. I think we've, we're seeing a lot of progress being made and in including women in, in sports, not just hockey, but in just the sports realm and including them. Um, you know, we've got the Olympics coming up. The women uh, team is going to compete and, of course, in other sports as well. And then um, and certainly at the uh, ACHA level, we, we want to kind of give us a focus on them for just a second, uh, Arizona state, some of the other teams that are closer to us, but, um, you know, we want to talk about recognize them and their, their season is still going on too. Of course, the women's, uh, division one teams and, and, uh, Liberty is number one in that ranking. Minot state, Adrian, Lindenwood, Midland, Indiana, university of Massachusetts, McKendree, Maryville, and Arizona state are in the top 10 of, of the women's division one ACHA rankings, Miami, 11, Michigan, Dearborn, 12, Michigan State, uh, 13. University of Michigan. I, I think that covers all the Michigan schools, <laughs> number 14. <laughs> you got them and, all. <laughs> and University of Minnesota. There you go. There you go. There's your Minnesota. Shout out for tonight. Uh, number 15 there in the Women's Division <laughs> One rankings. But uh, we do appreciate uh, all that they do. I think it brings I lost you. It's either me or you, but it, you're kind of coming in and out again, so I'm not sure who which one of us it is. But either way, I know what you were talking about. Yeah, no, I no. I, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so there you go. So there's the top 15 of the women's uh, women's rankings there. Um, so of course Arizona State at number 10. So they're doing they're doing pretty good for themselves. Okay, give us a rundown of last weekend's action if you can uh, in the WCHL because there were some big series and some big wins for some teams. You have yeah, that in so front of you, or did I, did I throw you one for a loop? No. Well, I've got uh, I've got the Arizona and ASU one. Uh, there was an article written about the, that recapping that weekend. Um, this is, of course, a big rivalry between the two schools, the Arizona State and Arizona. They compete for the Cactus Cup uh, between the two schools, and and they ha- and uh, of course Arizona won on uh, Saturday, so they uh, they clinched the Cactus Cup with a three to two win. And then uh, also the basketball team beating ASU uh, also as well. But uh, yeah, it was an impressive win for for a- uh, for Arizona over uh, ASU. Um, ASU has been playing a little bit better of, of late. They've had some changes uh, in in leadership, and it's it's it seems to help help the, the team out. And and uh, so they've been playing a little bit better. But Arizona, you know, has been kind of kind of up and down a little bit. But they. They got the Cactus Cup, which I know is very important to them, and of course to that school and and uh, Arizona State, of course. And uh, so, congrats to them on that. Uh, you know, you, you heard at the beginning about the Arizona being one of the partners of this show, and 
competing for the WCHL three times in a row. Not going to get that. They're just mathematically not able to not going to catch Central Oklahoma. So that that streak will end. But at least they can be. Uh, they're now won the Cactus Cup four straight years in a row. And and I watched the end of that broadcast on Saturday, and they talked with uh, uh, the captain uh, Cusinelli, Anthony Cusinelli, and they asked him, you know, you know how how nice it was to to win this, and and they. And of course, almost the whole time that the the captains and some of those players have, have been there, and and they realized how important it was. It was a, a great achievement, and certainly a, an important one for them. So, um, so they have that to to at least you know say it was somewhat of a successful season. Still a lot to play for, of course. They've got some big games coming up, and, and they're still trying to get a tournament spot. So, but uh, but certainly winning the Cactus Cup is a big deal for them. And so, congratulations to University of Arizona taking care of business. Uh, this weekend uh, and, and securing that they've got two more games this, this upcoming um, or th- this season with each other. So they'll, they'll play each other. I think the final towards the end of the season in a few weeks, but, but the least they can, but then those will be WCHL games, but the cactus cup has now been secured by Arizona. So that was one of the big matchups. And then there was a little bit of a matchup, I believe in uh, Virginia that uh, was, you know, it was kind of some of somewhat of a big deal as well. <laughs> UNLV and Liberty split, now, including, including a midnight game. Yeah. Was, and we won't get to, there was a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit of action, which might extracurriculars, <laughs> extracurriculars. Yes. That you, you may become to expect it in a midnight game after a, a, a series. You know, we did their midnight game with Utah. It was the first game of the series, but this was the second game of the series. The first night, you know, UNLV lost 7-4, to four, so they were not obviously happy about that result. And then the next night, uh, they they got the 3-1 to one win um, over, over Liberty, and things got a little bit uh, feisty at the end of that game, to say the least, but... Uh, but yeah, the, the two teams. And I, I, you're you're burying the whole lead here. The head coach from UCO is coming on in a minute, and uh, Edmond, Oklahoma, was the site of a huge rivalry series that uh, UCO came out on top. I'm looking at the three-two score from Saturday night, or was it Friday night? Um, I've got to double check. We'll we'll ask the coach. He'll tell us. I believe that was uh, Saturday night, and then uh, Friday night, I believe they also took care of business because. That's all they do at UCO, just win. And uh, we're going to have a great chance to uh, to visit with the head coach here in just a minute or two. Yeah, um, we had a lot of a uh, lot of big matchups. I want to go back. I want to go back real quick though. How how cool was it that uh, the UNLV and Liberty games? You know, Liberty's home games are streamed on the ESPN app, and so that's that's kind of cool. You're watching the the game. I was able to watch it on a it was at my mom's house and they have a nice t- smart TV. So I was able to hook it up and you're watching this game. You think this is like a professional broadcast and you're like, this is going to be the, this could be the future for, for UNLV. You know, if they get to the next level, they're going to have these kind of broadcasts. Not that UNLV's home broadcasts aren't quality, but I mean, just having the ESPN banner and, and all that, and the pr- production value that they, they do there at Liberty to, to be able to have that partnership to, to stream their home games on, on ESPN uh, online there on the app. And, uh, it's really uh, it's really cool, and so it was fun to fun to see that. Okay, so let's get back to the lead. <laughs> University of Central Oklahoma five two victors on Friday night over Missouri State, and then a three two victory on Saturday night. And it's our pleasure to bring on the head coach Mike Rivera is joining us tonight, and uh, we're going to talk all about this program because twenty six four and zero that's uh, pretty incredible. So. Uh, let's bring Mike on and see what's going on uh, over in Edmond, Oklahoma. Mike Scott and uh, Stephen with you tonight. How are you? Doing good, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? 
pardon, pardon my co-host. He's just a homer. <laughs> no, but we were saving Mike, the best. We were saving the best for last. We got the Arizona thing out. We got the UNLV Liberty thing out. Now we can talk about the uh, the likely WCHL champion, Central Oklahoma. How does that sound? That sounds pretty good. We definitely like uh, the ring to that. Can you guys Mike, hear me? All right. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I had a chance to. Uh, to visit with you when you played at Missouri State, and I know what that rivalry is like now. And uh, you got them on your home ice this past weekend, so let's start right there. Tell us about this weekend and just how big it was, and and, and how does it feel to be the coach of a team with 26 wins and four losses? Well, this past weekend, it was, uh, you know, it was <clears throat> there's a lot of hype around it for us. Uh, we did a lot of preparation, just having gone up to Springfield and, you know, playing in that tough building. They had pink in their ink going and, and dropping two games, our first two losses of the season. So, uh, you know, our, our guys had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder from that uh, from that past weekend. And knowing that this weekend was such a, a large WCHL implication that, um, you know, the guys felt like they were must wins and, and you know, we got, we got hyped up for it and, the boys came out ready to play and we were able to take care of business both nights and um, took a little bit of a strangle on the WCHL standings uh, after the weekend. And, you know, we're just, we're lucky that uh, we've been able to string together so many victories in a row. Now you guys haven't officially secured the WCHL yet, but I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion because UNLV is what we, is 12 points behind, but, uh, but mathematically they can only tie you, but I would think because you beat them, there's a tiebreaker there. And, and you, so I, I would think you guys have clinched that, right? Or, I mean, with, I mean, have you, is it official yet or is it still not official? I don't think anything's official until, uh, it comes out, uh, via the WCHL, um, Twitter or whatever uh, media uh, that Chris decides to use. However, I, I do think that based off the tiebreaker rules from from what the league sent out, I think that we would have the tiebreaker. And so we feel pretty good about it right now. But for us, the goal is to take it outright and make sure that there's no questions. Coach, when you took over the program, what, four or five years ago now, you took it over from a guy that founded it and started it, a guy that I had a chance to visit with in Craig McAllister. He left you in pretty good shape, I take it, but you've just taken it and run with it. So congratulations on that. And tell us a little bit about what it was like to follow in the shoes of a guy like Craig McAllister. Yeah, Craig, uh, it, you know, it was, they were big shoes to fill. Uh, Craig stepped down in the fall of 2019 for health reasons, and I took over in October of 2019, um, finished out that season. And obviously that was the first uh, COVID season where nationals was canceled. It was supposed to be in Frisco, Texas that year. And then uh, last year we were unable to play because of COVID. So this was my first full season uh, behind the bench with the Broncos. And, um, you know, when you step into a program that has two national championship banger banners hanging over your head, you know, you know what the expectation is and you know what the standard is. And it, it really is a national championship or bus mentality um, in Edmond. That's what our fans expect. And so it's, to say that there's not pressure, you know, I'd be lying. There's definitely some pressure and, and some big shoes to fill. But um, having played for Coach McAllister and, and spent some time with him as an assistant coach, um, I felt that, you know, he was able to pass on some some really good lessons and teach me quite a bit. And, um, you know, I felt prepared for the for the role. But, you know, it, it's easy. It's easy to say that it, it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. Um, winning a national championship in this league is, is not an easy thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So uh, 
before we dig into all this, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard me before rant on the uh, the rankings, but it, it kind of kind of jabs me. And Chris and I have gone around and around. I keep telling them my blood pressure goes up every Wednesday when the rankings come out. Um, how closely do you look at those rankings, and and do they really matter to you until the final one comes out? We definitely take a take a very close look at the rankings and, you know, I'm sitting there on a Wednesday waiting for them to come out. I think just like any other coach in this league. Um, but at the end of the day, it, you know, we try to tell our guys, you know, whether it's the refs or, or whatever the situation is, you know, control what you can control. And so we can't control the rankings. We can't control what the computers tell us. All we can do is go out there every night and try to take care of business. Um, and we've been able to do that more than not this season. And so, we operate under the belief that, you know, it'll all, it'll all come out in the wash. And at the end of the day, you got to win four games at nationals. And so the best team is going to take care of that. Yeah. Well said. Uh, tell us a little bit about your roster because you got, you got a guy with 51 points in 30 games. That's 1.7 points per game. That's pretty impressive, but it goes deeper than that. I look at your roster and it go all the way down I don't know what, 15 deep of the double digit scores. Yeah, we've been real lucky this year to, um, you know, to have guys that are finding the net and finding their, you know, their offensive rhythm. Um, you know, our leading scorer, Vitaly Mikhailov, he's a, um, you know, an ex WSHL uh, junior player, played for the Oklahoma City Blazers, was able to watch him, you know, during his junior career. And, uh, you know, he stepped in and made the transition to college hockey really nicely. And, He's really complimented by, you know, a lot of guys that we've recruited in. Um, very young team. Uh, you know, Austin Simpson. We have Carter Yeehaw, Adam Stalzer. A lot of guys that have played, you know, whether it was in the WSHL or what's now the NA3, you know, similar division, similar uh, teams. We've been able to recruit out of those out of those leagues and, and done had a lot of success with these guys. And they've, you know, they've really found, found their way this year. And, you know, we've been lucky and, one of the biggest things for us, um, you know, for our offense has been production from the back end. We have defensemen who are in double-digit points, double-digit goals. Um, and when you have your your defensemen contributing from the blue line offensively, you know, it really sets you up for success. Let me ask about the, uh, the goaltending because uh, you have to have strong goaltending and you certainly – do have some strong goaltending uh, between the pipes. Uh, maybe just tuck up. You've got uh, you've got Albert uh, Parente, 1.79 goals against average, and you got Benjamin uh, Kelch, who's got the bulk of the action this year. Uh, he's got a 2.18 goals against. So, uh, how I mean, we've asked other coaches this, and obviously you want to have two solid goaltenders. And how important is that so you can rely on on you know either either guy you put in there, you have confidence you guys will win. Oh yeah, goaltending's everything. I mean, you you have to have a good goaltending to win a national championship in this league. Um, that's that's not an option. And so we're lucky with the guys that we have. Um, you know, Ben has Benny has been our guy for most of the year. He's he's carried the bulk of the of the load of the games and, and he's stepped up to the occasion. You know, he he was in the net for those four losses that we had early in the year against Iowa State and Missouri State, you know, it was four losses in a row that he started for. And he's had the opportunity second semester to kind of avenge those losses. And he's taking care of business. You know, he's really answered the bell and, and stepped up into becoming an elite goaltender in this league. And in, in my opinion, um, you know, unfortunately, Albert Perante, he, he wasn't able to join a second semester. Uh, but we were able to pick up a goaltender transfer student, Doug Wakeland uh, from Western Michigan University. And he stepped into 
a big role for us. You know, we played six games in the first 10 days of the semester, uh, you know, of the spring semester. And so that's a heavy load for a goalie to carry on his own. And so Dougie coming in and, and sharing the net with Benny and, uh, you know, sharing those wins this semester, it's been huge for us. He's really stepped up to the occasion. He's been a big asset for the second semester. And we feel like we're in a position where we have a 1A, 1B, and any guy who goes in um, can take care of business. And if you're going to win consistently in this league, you need that. You know, Coach, you talk about those those uh, four losses early in the year, and then you just come on a run. But um, what did you do to change things up, or, or did you have to do anything? Was it just a matter of uh, getting through it and, and moving on? I think it's a little bit of both. We definitely made some adjustments along the way um, to clean up areas that I felt that, you know, were weaknesses when we played Iowa State, Missouri State, that they, they honestly exposed um, – you know, early on in the season. Um, but also, you know, we were running on a nine game win streak. We hadn't lost a game yet. And there's a lot of value in, in losing, right? Um, our guys had to learn how to lose. They had to learn what that felt like. They had to learn how they have to show up every night if they want to win every game um, and realize how difficult it is to win so many games in this league. And so I think, you know, that you can take it as a loss or you can take it as a lesson. And, you know, we've been lucky that these guys have taken it as a lesson and, and you know, learn from it and, and realize what they have to do and how they have to play to take care of business on a nightly basis. And um, that's what they've done since. So you've added some new uh, teams in the WCHL. They, they actually joined uh, a year ago, but then with COVID not really got to experience it. So what were your thoughts on uh, the WCHL overall this year with uh Utah, Grand Canyon, and the UNLV being added to the mix? I think it's been awesome. You know, obviously, from a very biased perspective, I think the WCHL is the most difficult conference, you know, in the ACHA. It's not easy to win this conference. There's 10 teams. There's a lot of travel. You play everybody often, and, and you develop these rivalries, and everybody's competitive. You know, even teams that are at the bottom of the standings in the WCHL, if you watch them play and you watch how hard they work and how hard they compete, it, it's never an easy win on any night. And so then you add teams like the UNLVs, the Utahs, who we haven't had the opportunity to see yet. Um, you know, the Grand Canyons who crept into the top 25 this week, the Arizona States having that other side of the division that we only play four games. It's been, it's been awesome. You know, our series with UNLV early in the year was, it was a great two games. That's a great hockey team over there. You've seen what they've done since that weekend. Um, I think they've lost maybe one game, if not two games, since since that weekend. They've been on a tear themselves, and that's that's a really good hockey team. And to add them to our conference has been awesome. You know, you look at the rankings, and you got I want to say there's six teams in the from the WCHL in the top 25 off the top of my head from today. Yeah, you got seven now, Coach. You got Grand Canyon in there, too, at number 25. So seven of you. There you go. See, I mean, that's that speaks volumes of, of our conference and, and the quality of schedule that these teams play, not just in conference, but out of conference. And um, that just goes to show, you know, just how difficult it is to win this league. And so obviously very biased, um, but I've loved the additions. I love the cross-conference. Um, it's a great 20-game schedule, and you know I look forward to playing Utah next season since we haven't had the opportunity to see them yet. All right, let me ask. Let's kind of keep with that. And 
I always like to ask about like the environments that you guys get to play in. So you, you, there's some really raucous crowds that uh, you know some that you guys play at maybe at home or, or certainly when you go on the road. And so how fun is that when you travel, especially and you go to these these um, environments where it's you know it's very intense and and hostile and and uh, and playing in those kind of kind of settings. Oh, it's great. I think that that prepares you for the big moments, you know, at the end of the year and, and teaches you how to win, you know, in adversity, um, in a tough environment, you know, nothing, there's no better sound than, than silencing a, a loud opposing crowd on the road um, with a big win or a big goal, you know, towards the end of a game, you go up to Springfield, Missouri, and you play Missouri state, you know, there at Jordan Valley ice park. That's a tough building to play in. Anybody who says otherwise is lying. It's a very tough building. It's extremely loud. Missouri State plays really well in that building. It's a great environment. But, you know, we were we took two losses there this year. And, and like I said, you know, the guys were able to learn from that. You know, they weren't ready for that tough environment at the time. Um, but it was a good learning lesson. And, you know, you go other places. You go down to Tucson and you play in that environment. That's a tough building to play in. Um, I haven't been – we haven't been to UNLV yet, but I, I watched their broadcast, you know, doing pre-scout, and that looks like a very tough building to play in. And then, you know, obviously speaking for ourselves here, but I think our building's tough to play in. We have a great student section. We have a great fan base that's loud, a nice train horn when we score. Um, I think it makes it tough to play in. You know, we have the short glass. Teams have to come in and make that adjustment to it. And, um, you know, it's a real college hockey atmosphere. And, and, you know, you go to a couple of bills in the WCHL and you get that same experience everywhere. So let me ask you this, Mike, uh, having played at UCL and played in the WCHL, how did that prepare you to take over the reins, if you will, uh, of your, uh, of the team that you played on? Sure. I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, you have, you have a passion for the university. Um, it means a little bit more to you having played there, having actually worn the jersey and, and gone through the battles with the guys and then, you know, having the opportunity to win a national championship. So I have a lot of uh, passion for our university and, and our program, um, having spent so much time in it. So when you care so much about something, it, it helps prepare you for a job and, and everything means a little bit more. Um, you know, in addition to that, I, I had the opportunity to, to work with Craig closely as one of the captains of the team. And so kind of get an idea of how he does things and, and the way things operate. And, you know, I've always been a fan of, of the way we've had things set up and, and wanted to be a part of it. So when the opportunity came to assistant coach for Craig, I jumped all over it because I, like I said, I just have so much passion for our program. And so, you know, during that time I was able to, to learn from Craig and see how things operate. You, you think, you know, everything as a player. And once you get on the other side of the curtain, you realize you really didn't know the half of it. And once you get on the other side, you really get to experience things um, that you never got as a player. And, you know, coaching, it's the second best job in hockey, but it's a, it's a very rewarding, you know, opportunity to be a part of the program that you once played for. And so having had that opportunity and, and taking it, you know, I think it helped prepare me to take over the head coach role when, when, that, when that came. I want to follow that up real quick, Stephen, if I can. Um, so when you talk about that, and, and I've had a chance to watch a lot of teams. I saw your team play. I wish I could see more next year. I promise I will. Um, but when I when I see teams, and, and we changed the name of our podcast from Club Hockey Southwest Weekly because uh, I didn't like the word club. I, I think you guys work way too hard. I think you put in way too much time and effort. 
uh, to just be known as a club sport. You're a competitive college hockey program in a great league and a great uh, conference. So uh, when you look at that, has it changed over the years? Has it gotten better in your estimation? Absolutely. I think that the ACHA since even when I played, which, you know, my first season was uh, 2013, 2014, um, even since then the league's progressed and it's gotten better every single year. You see the talent that comes in this league. Uh, to me, clubs, clubs, a bad word. It's a forbidden word in our organization. We don't view ourselves as a club. We don't view what we do as, as a club sport. We we're we're a college hockey team and, you know, we feel that, we have high-level athletes on the ice that go through the same sacrifices of any NCAA athlete, and we hold them to the same standard, and we try to provide the same accommodations and the same experience so that they get that NCAA experience, and they never feel like it's a club sport. You look around the league, and if you think some of these teams are club sports, I think you're crazy. You know, look, at, take a look at Liberty and UNLV and Minot State and these, you know, Lindenwood, these top-end programs. Those aren't club sports. Those those hockey teams can compete with the NCAA division three schools, you know, any day of the week. And I know that to be true. And, you know, I put my mortgage on that because I, I see the players that these guys recruit and the players that we recruit. And it's the same players that are in competition, you know, with these NCAA division three schools. And, you know, I feel, feel confident about that. And so I really don't like the club terminology. Um, and when, when I see that thrown around, you know, obviously it gives me a little chip on the shoulder. having been a part of this for so long. Well, and what club teams get broadcast their games on ESPN? Liberty's home games are on the ESPN app, and it's just so – I don't – I mean, that's just such a cool thing that they, they're able to do, and uh, just the, the high level of hockey at this level is so uh, – as you said, it competes so well with NCAA Division Three, and uh, in, in some cases, you know, NCAA Division Division One is obviously the, the cream of the crop and, at that level, but, but the ACHA is not far behind. Maybe at one point there was a, a bigger gap, but it seems like over the years, and maybe you can touch on this from your experience, the gap has closed between um, even pro level, but from the NCAA level to, to the ACHA level. Yeah, I would agree. I think the gap's definitely closed. I think that there's more education out there. Um, you know, maybe it's social media, the internet, or whatever it might be, but there's coaches out there are more educated on what the ACHA has to offer. You know, I think that previously, you know, at least when I was playing junior hockey, it seemed like, you know, everybody thought of it as strictly club. It didn't seem like a, like a legitimate option. It was kind of, you know, coming out of juniors, it was NCAA division three or nothing. Um, and that's not the case anymore. I mean, you take a look at some of these rosters and they have North American link hockey players, USHL hockey players, there's even the occasional NCAA Division One transfer, and there's a whole, you know, slew of NCAA Division Three transfers, and I think that the ACHA option is really what's what's the best fit for you as as an individual, right? You know, you may be able to go to an NCAA Division Three school in the state of Minnesota where you get a fifty percent scholarship, but the school is you know forty thousand dollars a year, and maybe your family still can't afford that. And, or maybe they don't have the, you know, the major that you want because it's a liberal arts college. Well, then now you have these options of these great hockey programs that are at state schools that may be more affordable, offer more majors, and in a lot of instances, a better education. And it, it gives kids an opportunity, you know, coming out of college to have a degree that has a lot of value that can land them a job that can set them up for life and get that big college experience while playing, you know, a high level of hockey. 
some of these division three schools don't offer the same kind of, you know, prototypical college life, if you will. And kids who are looking for that, you know, they come to these ACHA schools and are able to experience that. So it's really become a what's the best fit for the kid and maybe not necessarily how good a hockey player are you? Because let's be honest, I mean, most of these kids that are coming out of, you know, even the North American League playing NCAA Division Three, they're not going to make a living playing hockey. They may be able to play some SPHL or some ECHL, but they're going to fall back on that degree. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that, you know, there's value in these ACHA schools because of that. Yeah, that's very well put. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, philosophy over the over the pandemic because a lot of people told us, Mike, that um, they it was going to hurt hockey. Pandemic might end programs uh, at the NCAA level and uh, the ACHA level all the way across the board. They just said, you know, uh, it's going to be hard to recover. And uh, it's just been the opposite. NCAA has picked up teams. The ACHA has stood solid. Uh, people have uh, continued to support your programs. A lot to do with the fact that, that you guys kept yourself relevant and all of that. But one of the things that I see now, Mike, and I don't know if you can comment on this or not, but San Diego State and uh, Oregon are now making the jump to Division One ACHA. And both of their coaches, when we visited with them, said the same thing. They said, uh, we don't want to stop there. We want to go to NCAA. And that used to be taboo. If you could get a coach to ever say that they want, they aspired to be an NCAA program, they just never came out and said it because I don't know if they really truly believed it could happen. But now I think uh, with the strength of your program and obviously Arizona State uh, won a championship and then they moved up, um, it, have, have things changed and have you seen that change? I think so. To kind of speak on the pandemic, you know, there definitely was that apprehension that, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. I mean, that's how we felt not playing last season. You know, are people going to forget about us? Are people still going to care? And, you know, to me, it was the exact opposite. Like we kind of, you know, they, they missed the game. They missed the UCO hockey games on Friday, Saturday nights. And we've been able to, you know, fill the stands, have better attendance than we've ever had in the past this season. So it's been the complete opposite experience for us. And, we're really blessed to have that. Um, and I think that that's the same for a lot of universities and, and, you know, hockey programs around the country that weren't able to play during the pandemic. And I think that, you know, you see schools like Arizona state or Penn state that have made the jump from ACHA to NCAA division one hockey. And it just takes that those first couple schools to, to show other universities that it's possible. Right. And it, then it takes the right group of people and obviously some financial support to be able to make these things happen. But to me, the way that we operate as a program and the way that our coaching staff talks about it is everything we do, every decision we make is with the intention that one day we will be an NCAA Division One program. Not because I think that's what's going to happen in the coming years, but if you're always moving in that direction and making your decisions in that direction – and you're progressing as a program and trying to elevate the program to the next level, knowing what that gap is. And so if you operate with that kind of professionalism, it's just going to raise the level of the league. And I think all these schools see that as a real possibility. Um, you know, is it something that's practical? Maybe not, but it's definitely possible. And if you operate in that way, you just never know. Um, somebody might come around and be willing to stroke a check and, Timing is everything in life, and you just never know what could happen for your program. 
Yeah, let me follow that up by saying I think uh, what you're saying is uh, preparation is everything, right? You got to be prepared because if that check comes in, and Greg Powers will probably tell you this at Arizona State that uh, when that check pops in, if you're not ready, um, shame on you because uh, you, like you said, it never you never know when and where, and timing is everything. Definitely, I think that I think if you're operating under any intention other than trying to trying to move towards an NCAA Division One program, I think you're doing your your program a disservice um, because you need to be taking those steps forward as an organization, whether it be, you know, your game day production or the quality of players or your website or whatever the case may be, always trying to make the program better. This way, if that opportunity does come, you're ready for it, um, whether it be as a staff or as an organization or as a university. But, you know, our thing is we want to make UCO a hockey school. We want people to think about the University of Central Oklahoma and think about the hockey team. And if we can, if we can do that, then we're doing our jobs. All right, let me let me ask about the um, the, the path forward now for you guys. We we talked about earlier about not unofficially uh, clinching the WCHO, but so not, you know, uh, but you got a couple of games left. Actually, you had a couple of games postponed coming up, but you have a couple of games left on your schedule. Um, so what's what's the goal in between now and the tournament? We we know that you're obviously going to be in. We see the rankings what they are right now, and the teams that, where they are don't see a lot of movement there. So. Uh, What's the what's the goal here these next few weeks as as you prepare for the uh, national tournament? I think the goal is to is to really try to build off of what we have right now and add layers to our game. I think if you want to win at the national tournament, you have to have layers to your systems. You have to have depth to the way you play hockey. And this time right now is when you really fine tune that and you start to make the minor adjustments. Maybe your power play is not taken where you need it to be. Maybe you're losing a lot of face-offs. Maybe you're taking too many penalties. This is an opportunity to kind of fine-tune that and implement things into practice um, to make those adjustments, and then hopefully you start seeing them in your final games of the season, um, trying to prepare for that national tournament. For us specifically, we have a home-and-home left with OU the weekend of February 18th and 19th, WCHL games, like I mentioned earlier, we want the opportunity to win the WCHL outright. We would we want to make sure that we take care of business with OU. Um, you know, having a big rivalry with them and winning those games is huge for us. And having that momentum carrying into the tournament gives us the confidence that we can get the job done. All right, final one for me is uh, a kind of a two-parter. You kind of led me into it with the uh, battle with OU. And uh, – for for those that aren't familiar with it, that maybe are listening to the show and go, yeah, let's, let's hear more about Oklahoma and Central Oklahoma rivalry. Tell us about that first, and then part uh, part two of that question is, uh, give us a little recruiting pitch on uh, what you would tell a recruit uh, that doesn't know much about Central Oklahoma and why they should become uh, a Bronco. Okay, so the first uh, first one, you know, us know you, I think. It's a it's a rivalry that goes back all the way to around 2004. Um, you know, Craig McAllister, the previous head coach here, the founder of UCO Hockey. Um, to me, he's the godfather of college hockey in the state of Oklahoma. He founded OU's program, um, then came up to UCO, started the program here, and you know the the separation between OU and UCO is kind of what led to that to that rivalry and. 
it's been a heated one ever since. They, we've always been, you know, two competitive programs. At previously, you know, OU was kind of always the big dog and we were the younger brother. Um, and since about 2015, 2014, 2015, things have changed. Um, and we've kind of taken, you know, the lead in, in success in the ACHA. But when you when you have these rivalry games, you know, anybody, anything can happen on any night. We've seen some crazy games, shootouts, overtime wins. Um, but they're very heated rivalries. And, you know, for us at our home games, we're able to put about 1,300 people in the stands. Um, it's crazy. It's it's really a hidden gem in college hockey. It's one of the most underrated rivalries. And anybody who's been to a UCOU game, specifically at UCO on, on a weekend night, you know, they know how crazy it is, how loud it is. Um, it's a great experience for our guys. It's It's an awesome environment to play in. It's one of my best recruiting tools when you look at you know, pictures and all the fans in the stands for the games and just how crazy these games get and all the emotions that are in it. And you can feel it in the building. Um, you know, there's a deep seated hatred, but um, at the same time, I want nothing but OU to be successful because I want this rivalry to stay intact for years to come. It's crucial to our success. And, um, you know, just, it's fun. <laughs> there's no other way to put it. It really is. It really is fun to, to play them. Um, and then, you know, the second part of your question was a recruiting pitch. Um, for us, you know, one of the things that I talk to guys about when I'm trying to convince them to come here is that we treat you guys like professionals. We treat you guys like an NCAA, you know, division, division three program. We try to provide the same resources. You know, we have a physical therapist, we have a team doctor, we have a sports psychologist, we have a nutritionist, we have three assistant coaches. Um, you know, we have all these resources to help you develop as a hockey player and, um, the thing that we're most proud of is our culture, um, our culture that's built in work ethic. It's built in character, commitment, and compete. And one of our things that we say is ELE, everybody love everybody. You know, when everybody comes in, they're an equal here and you get a part, you get to the opportunity to be a part of something um, that's special to be part of a championship culture. And um, everything you do here, you have to earn, uh, but you get that opportunity every time you step on the ice and, I think for a lot of guys, if they're willing to come into an environment where they have to earn things, you know, they get excited about that and they get excited about the opportunity to win a couple more games and they lose and have that opportunity to win a national championship. Yeah, well said, Coach. Um, I'm only nine hours away from you now here in Denver, so I will get there. Uh, if I don't get there this year, I will uh, definitely see you at the national tournament because we know the Broncos are uh, headed that direction. Congratulations. I'm going to say it early. Congratulations on the uh, – the WCHL championship because I think you guys will get the job done. Congratulations on a 26-4 and whole record. That's phenomenal. I think you're higher than seven on the rankings, but that's just me. Um, best of luck the rest of the way and, and go win a national championship. Okay. Thank you, Scott. I really do, really do appreciate that. I'll knock on wood real quick for you uh, with the <laughs> WCHL. Uh, we don't like to jinx anything or take anything for granted, but I really do appreciate that and. Uh, Anytime you want to come out to Edmond and, and I would love to have you out for, you know, an OU weekend or something like that. It'd be great. Um, I think you'd really enjoy the experience. You know, we'll show you the best uh, Oklahoma hospitality that we can. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. That's the head coach from UCO, the Broncos, Mike Rivera joining us. Stephen and I will be back in about two minutes to wrap up another episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. 
ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. Wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you from Denver, Colorado. Tonight, a very chilly minus one Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from that uh, beautiful city of Las Vegas, Nevada, the home of the NHL All-Star Game coming up. Stephen, uh, you know the drill. After we have a guest on, I hear something, you hear something. What did you hear from Mike Rivera tonight? Oh, well, where to begin? I think one thing that stood out to me, and we've talked about this before, is the uh, the uh, level of uh, competition in this league, the, the how how um, you know the teams are so competitive and, and it really competes with even NCAA Division three. You have uh, those kind of players coming to play ACHA hockey um, just because they, they feel like they get a better opportunity there, even though you know NCAA Division three would theoretically be higher level. But you know it's really good hockey's being played at this level. Uh, we see it every week. These these matchups are so so competitive. There's so much intensity. And, you know, you don't usually see that from a typical quote-unquote the club team, and that's why we don't try to use that term anymore But uh, because it isn't, it's more than that. And and I think it's just so uh, nice to, to, to continue to get that, that reminder of that. And, and uh, you know, and he also talked about the 
preparations for the uh, the national tournament because uh, of course they're going to be in it and and they've only got two more games left so you know they have a chance to kind of work on some things and maybe try some things out that they uh, you know I mean they want to win the games with Oklahoma and, and Oklahoma's a team that's you know not right at the top so it, it should be a good matchup for them but um, you know it'll be a chance to try some things out um, so they can refine some things and of course they'll have some practices of course before that as the tournament's still uh, you know over a month away so so that'll be uh, exciting for them and, and to kind of see where they're going to be, you know, they're right now they're positioned at number seven. I mean, something has to happen for them to, to move up, but you know, with these rankings, you, you never know. You could not play for a week. And, uh, uh, but, but, but you're wrong. They're number six right now. I mean, six right now, excuse me. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> six right now. And uh, so they, you know, the teams that are in the top five, Lindenwood, Minot State, Liberty, UNLV, Iowa State, uh, you don't really see them losing too much more between now and the national tournament. So, I mean, you know, I don't know how much more shuffling around will happen, but you never know with these way these computers are cal- computers are calculate things. So um, we'll see, but um, I, I think they're well positioned to, to be one of the uh, top teams to compete and to be a, a, a one of those contenders. And that's going to be good for the WCHL. We're going to have, I mean, you think about uh, UNLV who we, we think has a really good chance of winning the tournament. Central Oklahoma's right up there uh, Missouri State that's three teams in the WCHL that are in the top 10 either one of those three schools really realistically could win the national tournament so you know for uh, this league to have those three teams like that in that top 10 is really says about the the level of talent and and skill that this league uh, possess with these uh, 10 teams that are that are in it and now we say what seven of them are in the top 25 so that that's quite an achievement yeah, it really is. And I, I think what I take away, every time I talk to our coaches, A, they're so well-spoken and they, they respect the game so much and they respect the league so much. Uh, it's really a, a joy to talk to them because they, they fully understand from the coaching end of it to the player end of it what it takes. And they never lose sight of the fact that they have student athletes. And I think the levels of professionalism, if I can use that term in college sports now, um, that they bring, it, it, it really is a, a joy to see. And, you know, I see a lot of NCAA hockey, and I, I like when I see WCHL schools especially that uh, present themselves like that. And certainly um, UCO is one of those programs. And, you know, I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Craig McAllister a few years ago when, when they came to uh, uh, Arizona State, and uh, he came right off the bus and he said, you know, I, I – this is my sleeper bus. And I'm going like, goodness gracious, you make that trip from Oklahoma to Arizona. Um, you know me. I, I've driven that route before. Uh, it, it's a long haul. And uh, that kind of dedication um, breeds success. And there's no doubt in my mind that Central Oklahoma is going to challenge. I mean, let's not forget, they've got 26 wins. Yeah, 30 games played so far, 26-4-0 with two to go. Um, that That's impressive. I don't care who you're playing. Uh, to win that many games says something about your program. Yeah, no question. And if you know, you look at their, you know, you look back at their their schedule. They've had uh, they had these two games coming up with McKendry postponed. But then you look at uh, Oklahoma, and that's four games. That's theoretically said they would have won all four. And obviously the two were postponed. But they could have uh, finished their schedule with 30 wins. Now they can get to 28 wins, which is pretty impressive. Not a lot of teams uh, get to that. You know, not to even play that many games to begin with, but to be able to uh, 
we're looking at teams that are not even in double digit wins that are in the top, which we discussed, but they're going to have 26 wins and possibly 28 by the time their, their regular season schedule is complete. So that's, that's pretty impressive for sure. Um, I also, I want to mention the two that uh, now you, you, you're going to have to get to, to get to central Oklahoma here at some point here. He's, he's practically opening the doors <laughs> wide open for you to come. So they expect you at some point over there. Oh, you, you know I do. Uh, my birthday coming up on the 17th, the 18th and 19th, that big rivalry. Um, I, I just got to check my NCAA schedules and see where we're at. I wish it was the 25th and uh, 24th and 25th because that uh, that weekend I might have been able to get there. But we'll see what happens. Uh, they certainly deserved everything that they've gotten and everything that they've worked for. And uh, we appreciate Mike coming on and, uh, and tell us about the program. And um, every time I have a coach on like that, it's like, man, can I just go back and play for this guy? <laughs> I say that all the time at the NCAA level. These guys just motivate me to uh, to want to do better and, uh, you know, growing the game of hockey, which is our goal, obviously. Um, it, it's so much easier when these coaches are, are the way they are and excited about their programs and excited about success and moving people to the next level and doing what it takes. But I just think it's fun when he yeah. says stuff like others say, uh, where you know what we're we're not afraid to say that the NCAA Division One is what we'd like to be one day. Yeah, and no, and and also too to to uh, be so welcoming to to when people want to have them on a, a show like this, or you know, and be able to talk about their program to to get the atten- more uh, more attention for their program that they can uh, they can have that because it really helps them too when when products like ourselves and I'm not just saying this to boost ourselves but the products like our sites like ourselves or or others will want to will want to reach out to them and and showcase their team because it it helps them to promote uh, what they're trying to do and, and what they're trying to do as a program and as, as players individually that want to go there and and play and, and and maybe make some a name for themselves or or to help that particular school out so um, all that is is really important I think that's what makes this level so so great because you know we we do stuff with the nhl and the ahl and you of course you do stuff with the ncaa but what really is, gets to the heart of the acha is that you know, not a lot of attention um gets provided on them and uh it should be and because it's great hockey these players are great they and uh and we see what we see an example of these teams that compete um in the acha and and the crowds that they get and the and the hockey that they provide it's it's good hockey and and they deserve the the, uh, to, that to be showcased a little bit. Yeah, that's why we do it. Um, okay, so the only thing that, that frustrates me a little bit down the stretch is uh, they, they seem to run out of games right before the national tournament. And I don't know if that's good or bad. In some cases, I guess it's good. It gives you more practice time. It gives you uh, the opportunity to uh, get some guys healthy if they're injured. But I wonder about the competitiveness, and I wonder how that, that is as a coach. Yeah, well, and I, yeah, I would have liked you know, to ask him about that. Actually, I was thinking about that and, and thinking about the fact that they only have a couple of more games coming up, and then and then there's a big gap uh, between you know February 19th and the, when the national tournament is going to be, and you know some uh, March teams, 10th, March 10th, which is when it when it starts. So it's a couple uh, few weeks for sure. And other teams are playing games later into February or even the beginning of March. They're they're doing some sort of games, and and so it's uh, you wonder that, um, you know. You play so heavy at the start of the season, then you kind of you get light up at the in the spring. But there's, like I said, there can be pros and cons of that. You get less chance of some an injury to happen or something happen where 
where somebody couldn't play and, and then you're down a, a man or two or you know, it gives you a chance to kind of rest up if you've got any banged up bodies. Uh, but then you also got to try to be sharp and fresh as you're going into the national tournament. And depending on where they finish position-wise, you know, when they're actually going to start playing their, their first game within the national tournament, it may not be till the second or third day. So that's another factor too. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, we will remind everybody the uh, 2022 National Tournament for Men's Division One is March 10th through the 15th. It's going to be in St. Louis, Missouri at the Centene Center. Um, really, the host is the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Sports Commission, which is really cool because if you haven't been to St. Louis, that community, that Centene Community Ice Center is fantastic. It is a great environment. Um, Stephen and I are going to be there all week. We're going to be bringing you uh, all the updates, uh, all the features that we can get in and uh, have you covered from start to finish as uh, the uh, national tournament heads to the middle part of the United States in St. Louis, Missouri. So I, so I get my rest. Can I get my, my Z's in now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Start getting it in. It's going to be a long week, but it's going to be a fun week. Uh, you're going to realize at the end of the day that you've been there 10, 12 hours and you go, Wow, it's been 10, 12 hours. That went by quick because it does fly by. But looking forward to it. The ACHA is always a great host, and uh, they put on a great national tournament. It'll be fun to do it this year with a little less COVID restrictions than uh, we went through last year. And uh, it's just going to be a really exciting time. And got anything else you want to throw out there before we say goodnight? Yeah, let's just look at the matchups real quick this weekend in the WCHL. Uh, there are a few. Um, we mentioned the Central Oklahoma's games of McKendry are postponed. We look at, let's go down here to, uh, let's see, I don't maybe there's not a lot of teams playing this weekend um, that are at least, oh, yeah, Grand Canyon is at Utah this weekend. Uh, Utah is kind of a team that, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of hoping or maybe you're hoping that kind of gets a spot. They're kind of right now maybe on the on the cusp of, of not making it now, and they haven't really played a lot of games. They haven't played yet since the break, so this is going to be their first uh, games back. Uh, or right, no, I think they did play last weekend. My bad. They did play last weekend. but um, So this will be their, their second weekend. But um, Grand Canyon is, again, a top 25 team now, and that's – Congrats to Danny Roy and them. You know, what an accomplishment that is. And so those two teams are going to go at it. So those are, you look at that, that's kind of an important matchup. I mean, you, you look at, you know, Utah for sure definitely wants to win. And, and for Grand Canyon, you, you never know what, what could happen with, with them. So um, there's that one. And then Arizona State is at Oklahoma uh, this, this weekend. And then uh, you look at uh, Missouri State is hosting Maryville. Uh, Maryville is kind of right now at the, you know, these are games right now, especially with these top teams that want to want to win. Missouri State's kind of up there towards the top. So is Maryville. So a couple of big battles uh, this weekend there between a, a WCHL school and a non-WCHL school in, in Maryville. So uh, that'll be an important series, too, at the Jordan Valley Ice Park uh, there in uh, Springfield. Let me also say that that battle between Utah and and uh, Grand Canyon uh, has a lot of meaning for both programs. Danny uh, gets his program close to a 10-win season. A sweep would get them to nine wins. But for Utah, a sweep might just solidify a spot in the national tournament because they're at 19 right now. If they could creep up a spot or two, um, and I think it would take probably a sweep to do that, uh, that would put Utah in the tournament. And that, if that happens – 
let's assume that Utah, Arizona, um, Missouri State, Central Oklahoma, and UNLV all get in the tournament. That's five teams representing the WCHL in the national tournament. Wow, that would be impressive. That would be half of your teams are in the tournament. Yeah, no question. I'm I'm looking, trying to look up real quick uh, Utah's uh, schedule, the rest of their schedule. They've got, uh, as you mentioned, Grand Canyon this weekend, and then uh, they host Oklahoma. So those are some winnable games. And then they finish the season at the the 18th and the 19th against uh, Colorado State at uh, for in Fort Collins. So um, they've got six games left on on their schedule. But you know, you look at last week and they had two games that went to overtime. So that, that kind of hurts you a little bit because of, of points wise. And just, I think how the computer calculates things, but so hopefully uh, if Utah wants to get some regulation wins, that's, that's what they have. They've had some, some overtime games this year, which I think is, uh, has uh, hurt them, but you know, it's better than losing regulation of course, but. Absolutely. Let me throw this out there. I did uh, throw out a top 20, ACHA special marketing package. If you're interested in putting your team out on our podcast at our website for a full year for just over $20 a month, by all means, reach out to me, DM me, uh, text me, go to uh, ithswsales at gmail.com. Let me know that you're interested. We'll get you in. It's a full corporate partnership. Normally retails for $2,500. The top 20 ACHA teams can uh, can get that uh, package for just two hundred and fifty dollars. It's a steal. Um, the sooner you get on, the longer you go. It's a March to March contract, but we get your stuff in February. Guess what? We start you in February. That gets it's, you a little more time. So uh, it's like one of those. Uh, it's like one of those things you watch on QVC where you got this great product and you get it in like six easy payments of thirty eight ninety nine or something like that. Oh, it's so, better than that. It's ninety percent off the regular price. Yeah, that's true. You don't 90%. get those kind of, Yeah, you don't get those kind of deals on QVC. That's for sure. You don't get those kind of deals anywhere. And we uh, we want you on board. We want uh, we want to showcase your program. So if you're interested, reach out to me. If I don't reach out to you, by all means, um, do something to to punch me or something because uh, we, we got to have you on board uh, as we go down the stretch run towards the ACHA National Tournament in St. Louis, Missouri, March 10th through the 15th. Take it away, my friend. The Great West, from the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education at any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. Drury Inn & Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryInnHotels.com. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food, fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. 
The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. And uh, thanks to everybody who subscribes and downloads the show uh, and follows us on social media. Uh, the numbers continue to go up uh, from what I see, and so that is good, and people can continue to follow. And also follow the at ACHA underscore ITHSW uh, Twitter account. That's the one focused for what we do on this show, ACHA Hockey. And uh, so people can do that, and uh, especially the, the the race for the national tournament heats up, and, and certainly when the national tournament takes place, there'll be a lot of content to come. So follow now so you can get it all. Absolutely. That was a good one. Follow now so you can get it all. I like that. We use that tagline down the road. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're the one. You're, you're always the one that comes up with the tagline. I got to come up with one on every once in a while. Well that done. was just, well that didn't even, I didn't even have it written down or anything. That just right from, the, right from my head, right from my I like from it. My I like every it. once in a while, I come up with something. All right. Enjoy the NHL All Star festivities, Stephen. Uh, we'll be back next week. Oh, uh, oh I will. We'll, the, the Bellagio Fountains were, were looking good. They were starting to set up for the two events that they're going to do. They're going to, I think, film them tomorrow night, and then they'll they'll air Friday. And uh, it's it's all the the way that the that deck thing is going to look. It's it's going to be uh, cool. So that'll be that'll be fun. Of course, the other festivities as well. There's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff across Vegas with youth hockey as well, which I did mention out on the Monday show. But I, more information came out about all that yesterday. So there's going to be a lot of stuff here at hockey, which is so great because hockey has grown here in in uh, Las Vegas and in Southern Nevada, and it's. This is kind of like a celebration of that in a, in a way with this uh, NHL All-Star Weekend, obviously celebrating the NHL, but just, you know, celebration too of, of hockey and, and general youth hockey. And, and it's certainly the hockey market has grown here in Vegas. And so that'll be a fun too. All right. Our thanks to the head coach from the University of Central Oklahoma, the Broncos, Mike Rivera, for joining us tonight. And uh, I'm going to say it again. Congratulations on the WCHL championship. You guys have earned it. 26-4-0. I know you're going to get the job done if it already isn't completed. So Hopefully uh, that doesn't uh, – we don't uh, – in no, a few weeks we no, don't come. no. He's, he, <laughs> I think he's, we're pretty, we're pretty safe. His in team is way, way yeah. too good to let that bother him. So, no, uh, I, congratulations and, again. And uh, next week, uh, we'll have another great guest and uh, start to prepare you for the national tournament. Good night, everybody. <laughs>